Chapter 11 Sisters and Swords If the road is easy, you're likely going the wrong way. Terry Goodkind Welcome, brave traveler, to Salandrian, a city steeped in murder, mystery, and madness. Stagnation and complacency have run rampant, and something monstrous churns behind the dark. A group of private investigators are the only thing that stands in the way of injustice and despair. Let us join them now for another exciting episode of The Beholder's Eye! One, two, three, four. It is an average Tuesday. Boris and Chirp, you're both sitting in your offices, separate offices, and Aldalar comes to each of you in turn and says, I need you to come to my office. And right as both of you are getting there, you kind of run into each other at his door. And, oh, hey, Boris. Oh, hi, Chirp. How are you doing today? Oh, you know, same old thing. Hmm. Do you know what any of this is about? As the two of you are kind of... Oh, sh- I shrug. <laughs> Yes, it is an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> As the two of you are talking to each other, the door opens up and Aldalar's, ah, quickly, come in, come in. And as he ushers the two of you into his office, you can see that his office looks a little bit more disheveled than it normally does. He always has some piles of books laying around, but right now they, they've overtaken the room. There's more books than you've ever seen in this room, and he's actually got quite a few of them on his desk opened up. And from what the two of you just kind of notice as you're sitting down, some of these books look to be like he's researching a lot of the weird shit that's been going on lately (laughs) with the different cults and the Church of the Open Eye and just all this weird reality Is there a book on the top that just says weird shit? (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) And as the two of you sit down, he sits down behind the desk and he says, All right, um, I need you to to help me out with something. Um, an acquaintance of mine has been able to procure an item. Honest okay, full full disclosure here. I don't exactly know what it is. We know that it's supposed to be shipped to the Church of the Open Eye. And right now we know that they're up to some nefarious shit. And if they want this as badly as they want it, I wanna get it out of their hands first. I'm just worried that if they get a hold of whatever this is, it could make them more powerful or, you know, that it's just a bad idea, it seems. Anyways, I've got an acquaintance. She has been able to get her hands on this. Um, well, she was actually going to give it to them, um, but I kind of called in a couple of favors. And what I'm going to need you two to do is go over there. Well, go and see her. And who? Uh, her name is Maisel. Maisel. Yes. Um, you're going to need to go over to... Could you spell that for me? <laughs> yes, it's M-A-I-S-E-L. Did I do that right? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I would have spelled it completely differently. I would have spelled it M A Z E L. So I'm really myself. glad that you clarified that. You'll be able to find her down at the Salty Sea Dog. Yes, that's a weird name for a place in a city that has no connection to the ocean. I I mean, we're basically in the middle of the continent. Do they sell salty snacks? I I imagine they probably have some peanuts. Oh, good. Maybe some crackers. Nice. Just what but I was looking for. This is a place that it, it's it's mainly used by thieves and less than reputable merchants. Let's put it that way. People who are willing to be fronts to sell stolen goods. I'm going to need you to head down there. You're going to go down. Maisel has something for you to do. Uh, she didn't really give me too much information, so you're going to have to ask her what's up when you get down there, but I'm sure right. it won't be anything too dangerous. I mean, I am paying her a good amount on top of this, so... Oh, don't worry. I I, I see the looks on your faces. You're, you're going to get paid as well. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll give you a little side bonus in your paychecks this week, okay? Cool. Cool, cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm... Boris is pretty comfortable, uh, just generally, Aldala, I'm just gonna let you know. Okay. I generally trust this point that you probably are gonna pay us, um, so you don't have to worry too much. I'm pretty comfortable that's probably gonna happen. Perfect, so. good. I'm glad that I've established that trust from you. Yeah. Boris. Yeah. At that moment, Penny walks in and she says, uh, Aldalar, there's someone out front that's here to see you, um... I'm going to need you for a minute. Are you done with these two? And he says, uh, yeah, I think I've, I, I, I've set him on the right path here. Um, I'll be, I'll be out there in a minute, Penny. As she closes the door, he says, okay, you two know what you're supposed to do. Go and help Maisel get the package. Bring it back to me. Okay. We'll do. I've also been informed that this item might be booby trapped in some way. <laughs> so if you open the crate it's in, you might get hurt. Just, just a warning. So just bring it back to me. I've got an idea on how to, how to open it, but are we clear? So we need to go get a package that we don't know what it is or exactly how dangerous it is and maybe booby-trapped. Um, yeah, you might but lose generally your eyes. But generally you'd say we're pretty pretty safe. Yes, other right. than that, this should be pretty safe, okay? Let's go talk to Maisel. See what's up with this weird shit. So as the two of you are leaving the beholder's eye, you see... A tall, very tall, especially for an elf, tall elven man standing in the lobby area as you leave. And Penny has kind of got him over in one corner and she's quietly talking to them. And she says, as she sees you walking out, she she turns and waves and says, Oh, bye guys. Um, We're, we're going to be calling a big staff meeting soon. So don't be gone too long, okay? Well, no worry, Penny. We'll just, uh, I'm sure we'll just go find this uh, booby-trapped item that no one knows what it is without any problems whatsoever. I will be back lickety-split. Perfect, perfect. I'm sure that you two can handle it. I've always said you're two of our most competent detectives. We'll do our best. Oh, yes. As the two of you are leaving, this very tall elven man is very interested looking at the two of you, but he, uh, he goes back to his conversation with Penny and the two of you start to make your way down to the merchant district where you would know that the salty sea dog is located. Most of the taverns in this town are encircling the merchant 
district. I know the salty sea dog reasonably well. It's the uh, the one with the cat outside the, the front door. <laughs> yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> Thank you. It's to throw people <laughs> off. <laughs> As the two of you approach the salty sea dog, you see that it is a very wide but short establishment. It's it's only one story, but it seems to almost have sunk into the ground a bit mm. because as you're walking up, you see that there's improvised stairs, two improvised stairs leading down to the front door. And on either side of the front door, there are two gnomes just kind of posted up that look a bit unsavory. They, they both have multiple piercings in their face and tattoos, but not nice tattoos. <laughs> If that's a thing, mm, okay. they, they look to be almost offensive in some way. Neither of you really knows gnomish, but you can tell that like they've got some sort of weird gnomish writing on them, and it's not nice. As the two of you approach right. the door, they look at you and they say, What business do you have here? Neither of you look like merchants. Are you with the guild? We're here from the Beholders Eye, and we are coming to see Maisel. Uh, the one on she your left is... specifically requested us. Your friends of Maisel? Yeah, hmm. right? Hold on. Boris is just nodding. The one on the left pops into the door real quick, and you hear a bit of conversation go on, and he comes back outside and he says, Okay, we'll let you in, but if you cause any trouble, just know that we have wards set to trap anyone inside this building and do with them as what we please. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're cool? Just yeah. understand, Mr. Gnome, that if I ever go into a bar, um, I do not want to be prevented from returning to said bar, and so very unlikely to get any trouble from me. <laughs> I like you. All right, come on in, guys. As the two of you step down, luckily you're both, you're, I mean, Boris, you're a dwarf, and chirp your kanku you're a little bit shorter than the average person you don't really have to duck as you come in you get the impression though that most people would if they came in here and as you enter in you're presented with a scene that can only be described as near pandemonium oh good it looks to be that there is a different type of gambling game going on at every single table that's in this place and there's about 14 tables as you're walking through Boris does a quick scan for for Barry for Barry <laughs> you don't see Barry in here anywhere <laughs> as the two of you walking through this place you both kind of realize Aldalar didn't give you any description of this person they just gave you a name so you turn to each other at the same time are you gambler Boris um hmm uh, not particularly. Uh, no. what about you, Chirp? No, not really me either, so... Mm. Do you think if we just shout out Maisel really loud <laughs> that one of them will stand up? Uh, the, the noise in here is pretty loud, actually. <laughs> Most of these <laughs> games that are happening... Oh, Boris can shout quite loud, though. Seem, seem pretty lively. Mm. How about we go to the bar? What about if we hold a placard Wait, up that says Maisel? Is there, like, a door somewhere? <laughs> can we do a perception... Let's, we're playing D&D. &D. Let's do perception. <laughs> Let's make 
real roles. <laughs> oh, right, the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, a game I just game. realized what we're doing. <laughs> Maisel, I found your cat outside. <laughs> I got a 14 perception. What do I see here? As you're looking around, you notice that at one table, there's a man that appears to be cheating at the game he's playing. You see him pulling things out of his his sleeve. Oh, at I a, don't like that. At another table, you see a very drunken, very fat dwarven man with a very impressive mustache. And he keeps sneaking drinks of something from under the table. And every time he does, he uh, he blushes a bit. At another table, you see a very beautiful elven woman uh, with a very interesting hairstyle, just kind of sipping at a drink and, and minding her own business while a few gnomes play probably the quietest looking game in this, <laughs> in this establishment. Just playing but solitaire next to each other. Basically. <laughs> Minesweeper. And as you're looking around, though, you see that the bar is relatively open. Most of the people who are frequenting this establishment are at the various tables. And as the two of you approach the bar, you kind of... Uh, did you make a perception check? Okay, yeah, 18. Boris, as you're, as you're approaching the bar, you kind of notice some of these same things that Chirp does. Uh, but you get the general sense that... There's something more than just gambling going on here. It almost seems like a bit of a marketplace in ways that rather than gambling, some of this might be bidding and selling, almost like a stock market. As the two of you approach the bar, like I said, the bar was a bit deserted. Most of these people are at the tables and the bartender comes up to you and he is a very skinny dwarven man, but with a very long white beard. He doesn't seem to be very old though, just maybe that his hair is white, which is kind of rare for dwarves. And as he comes up to you, he says, what can I do for the two of you today? Do you need drinks? You you don't seem well, like you're- You seem like a very experienced bartender. Oh, thank you. I hear that all the time. I really appreciate that. It's so just the hair. I'm only 45. I'm. I definitely will take a uh, flagon of your uh, darkest ale, please. Oh, a man of great taste, yes. Thank you. Uh, for you, bird lady? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'd just like a club soda, please. A club soda. Coming right up. That's. It's been a while. Might have to dust one off. He turns around and... As long as it's fizzy. Grabs the two of you your drinks. And sets him on the counter and says, Are you looking for someone? Usually when someone's in here and they don't look like they fit. We're looking for Maisel. Maisel, yes. Oh, you'll find her in the private section. Ooh, Do you have an private. appointment <laughs> with Maisel? <laughs> um, well, yeah. Does she know you are coming? Do we? Um, We're here hmm. to see her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long does it take if we didn't have an appointment, hypothetically, because we probably do have an appointment, how long would it take to get an appointment? Really, just does she know you're coming? Because sure, sure. generally we don't sure. let anyone in the back that is not sure. a member of yes. our... Request it. Yes. Okay, well, well I'm, I'm not sure she, I'm not sure she knows that I'm coming, to be honest. I... She doesn't know I'm coming. We are from the Beholder's Eye. 
It's she like a real job. She may or may not know we're coming, to be Why honest. Why did you not just say to Do begin with? Have... You say the beholder's okay. eye. the lies. Yes. <laughs> Do we have some sort of badge or something, like, proclaiming where we're like, from? Can it be like <laughs> a... Have we ever talked this out? Yeah, can it be like a star? <laughs> We have we have alluded to it. We've never really made anything concrete. We're yeah. wearing white hats. Yeah. I guess you would have like we an need identification. Some sort of uniform or something. Uh, yeah. Oh, we should. I would imagine that within the Stetsons. city, even the private detectives have. Can to we be have brown vests with brown pants? We'd be wearing. <laughs> That's you what I'm like. Work uniform? What about spurs? Yeah. Can we have like magic spurs? Magic Spurs. <laughs> Cute little sheriff's badge. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes, please. Everyone turns to come into the room and go, shit's about to go down. These guys are just, just uh, the same. I'd say with the right people, just the mention of the beholder's eye. Uh, Aldalar <laughs> is pretty well known within the city, so most people know of his operation. Yeah. Um, Especially these people. But I mean, we should have some sort of badge, right? This is to, to prove yeah. we could, are from the beholder's eye. I should have minor illusion the badge. I'll tell you what, I'll work something up. <laughs> but he hasn't quite got Stop. them ready for us yet, so we just <laughs> illusion. <laughs> I'll work something up, I'll put it on Twitter. All yeah, right. That? So I show him my badge. Okay. And uh, he says, Oh, why didn't you just say so to begin with? You're well, Aldalar's. I'm not used Kids, to working a real right? job. Is Chirp's badge shiny? I really hope so. I feel like Chirp would just shine it on It would purpose. be like yeah. front and center, <laughs> not on the uh, side. It says, okay, well, hold on. I'm going to go let Maisel know you're here so she's not surprised when you walk through the door. And you just wait here and enjoy your drinks. He runs off, comes back a few minutes later, and he says, okay, I'm going to send the two of you back now. Just let the bouncer at the door know that ah, the bouncer. you're there for Maisel. Okay? Sure thing. Perfect. Alright, off off now. I'm I'm sure I'll have more customers. Okay, I fly soon. off. <laughs> you just float away. I'm halfway down my ale. Do they have ale in the VIP room as well? Oh. What did they do in there? Uh as you two get to the VIP room. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the bouncer standing outside the door is a half orc man. He is wearing a wife beater. I mean, there's really no other good way to describe it. He's wearing a white tank top that looks very cheap. All right. Is that better? I show off my badge. I stick it, I puff out my <laughs> bird chest, show off my shiny badge. I just had this mental image of just like almost chicken like like here's my badge. Here's my badge. <laughs> yeah, I jump my head forward. <laughs> As the two of you walk up, he says, I, I mean, you can only be the people looking for Maisel. Oh, so you've heard about us, but not the people at the door or not the guy at the bar. Yeah, Cedric warned mm. me you were coming back. Okay, well, maybe you should have warned your other uh, people around Well, here. I didn't know till Cedric told me. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I'm being I'm rude. Just, I apologize. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. I understand. <sighs> okay. Go on in, okay? And he opens the door for you. Okay. As the two of you walk in, the VIP section is a lot smaller than the main area, there's only three tables back here, and they're almost silent as a tomb hmm. compared to the the main area. As the two of you walk in, you see a various assortment of people that both of you kind of recognize from around the city. Not necessarily anyone you've ever really met, 
but people that you continue to see on the periphery, just within town. I'm going to need both of you to make a perception check real quick. Yes. 22. Ooh. Uh, that's not great. That's a two. Boris, these just could be anybody to you. <laughs> just random people. <laughs> Chirp, with your knowledge of the city, having grown up in the city, you recognize a few of the symbols and sigils that are carved into the tables and in a few places on the walls around you. And you realize that you are standing in one of the main meeting rooms for the main thieves guild of Salandra. Ah, this is the the thieves Thieves guild. At the center table in the room, sitting kind of in the middle of the table, you see another high elf woman who looks strikingly similar to the one that was out there, but the out in the main room, but the one that was out in the main room looks as you're studying this high elf, she looks like the one that was out in the other room looks like she would have been the bootleg knockoff version. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like just close enough to be convincing from far away, but the oh. closer you get, you realize it's just cheap and made up. Interesting. This woman though, that is sitting at this table is one of the most beautiful high elves you've ever seen. She is a bit taller than most high elves, very thin, but athletically so. She seems a little bit past middle age for an elf, but she's aged very gracefully and is only starting to show the first signs of skin creasing and losing a little bit of lift. Her hair is a dramatic tangerine sort of swoop gathered around her brow kept short around the sides and the back. She has pale skin and sort of a dull grayish eye. Well, eyes. She's wearing a white button-up Mandarin collared shirt that's buttoned to the top. A black and white oversized houndsooth pattern, eight button vest and trousers. Sharp-toed black boots and gold zi- with gold zippers on either side and an open burgundy banded military style jacket with gold buttons and trim. She wears small gold studs in both ears, but no other jewel. She looks to be one of the most impressive people, easily within the people that are in this room, the one that stands out the most to you. And she's been prepared. She knows that the two of you are coming in. So as the two of you are coming in and you both see her, she says, Well, you took long enough getting back here. Welcome, loyal listener, to Inside the Player's Studio with your host and Dungeon Master, Andrew. Hey everybody, it's your DM, Andrew. I am here today with Bill Henderman. Uh, He played the character of Maisel Fisk for us, and we just had a great time playing with you today, Bill. Honestly, all of these guest experiences have been amazing, but we had a we had a lot of fun today. You could say that I was the best. I'm the best. It's, it's yeah, fun. you're the best. <laughs> uh, so okay, so I got some questions for you here. Yeah. Um, so so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Um, what first got you into D and D, and what is your experience level? 
Yeah, so um, D&D itself was the Adventure Zone, gosh, I don't know, two years ago. But um, like tabletop RPGs, uh, I used to play uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse and some of the um, uh, World of Darkness nice. games like a decade ago um, oh, in, nice. in uh, an online game called Active Worlds, which was like the diet RC cola of Second Life. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was oh, my man. first experience with it. Yeah, um, but so I, I've I've uh, I pl- started playing probably about a year ago, uh, and I uh, DM'd primarily with a bunch of friends uh, in person uh, in Chicago. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, it was a smaller group, so DMing was usually playing like a background character that would contis- consistently be with the characters as well. Um, but for the most part, it's been, uh, uh, doing a lot of that. Yeah. DMing is, it's its own fun, but there's, there's times where it's just, you know, you just want to play a PC character. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so why do you, what do you like about playing D&D? So outside of D&D, I don't really typically go for fantasy, like games or movies or books or anything. Um, so it's, it's, it's weird that I like playing it as much as I do. And I think what it is, is not, um, being tied to like so plainly Tolkien-esque, uh, fantasy, right? Like being able to tell a story that maybe is some political intrigue, maybe is some like weird alternate reality darkness stuff. Um, you know, some of the stuff that you guys are, 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 um, dipping into. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's. It's all the the characters and the tropes of like you know elf and gnome and all the typical fantasy, but then you're not stuck in a story that's just Lord of the Rings again. It's it can exactly. be sort of whatever you want. Exactly. That I mean, that's definitely the thing we love the most about D and D is that it's so malleable and that it can be really whatever you want it to be. And it's it's honestly it's one of the things we've I've tried to do with this uh, campaign is to inject classic D&D stuff but use things from everything that's in you know I've always been a fan of and yeah and that's I I'll say that's sort of what I've gone after a lot too is like most of the 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 campaigns that I've done have like some broken time travel element typically I go into not knowing why that's going to be an important thing that suddenly exactly. works oh yeah um, that's that's the other thing is that you know the the mystery you you leave yourself mysteries to begin with and things yeah, that you yeah. don't have quite completed and let the story tell itself like that's yeah that's uh, exactly it yeah so do you i know you've done a lot of dm stuff do you prefer being a dm or do you would you prefer to be a player character I think I prefer dming um only because i really like uh describing spaces <laughs> um yeah which is a is a weirdly specific thing to like about it, but um, you know, as, as fun as it is to like react to uh, the world happening around you, I think it's fun to um, also sort of create that world, create the mood, and then get to see how people are reacting to it. So I think they're both a lot of fun. I find more um, creative fulfillment out of uh, out of DMing. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you. I. I love playing a player character. It's fun. I could sit around and create player characters for hours and just have fun doing that. But Mm -hmm. getting to dictate how the world goes and the way everything looks and feels. 
is it's a different kind of fun yeah yeah it's it's just it feels different than like knowing that the the stress isn't on you have to decide what's happening next you just sort of get to play in it it's yeah well it's um, it's like it's like taking a kid and saying hey here's this playground that has an infinite amount of combinations put it together however you want for your friends to play on it yep and that to me is just infinitely entertaining completely agree all right so uh we're gonna go ahead and continue this discussion in the next episode uh thank you for joining me now and thank you everybody out there for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode and now a word from our sponsors hey everybody it's your dm andrew This episode of The Beholder's Eye is sponsored by Shortwave. Shortwave is a podcast hosting, syndication, analytics, and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional-level podcasting tools should be available to everyone, not just professionals. (laughs) Like us. We actually use Shortwave, and we've had nothing but a great experience so far. We used to be hosted on um, a service that shall not be named. Let's just call them audio cumulus and while it worked for what it was it didn't exactly have the wide range of tools that shortwave does shortwave features unlimited upload and download bandwidth a one-click import tool from any other hosting platform show and episode level listener analytics plus two free hours of dynamic content stitching it helps you build your episodes from multiple clips all in the browser. Go to www.goshortwave.com. That's G-O-S-H-O-R-T-W-A-V-E.com to start your free 14-day trial of hosting. Shortwave, the platform for adaptive podcasting. Well, you took long enough getting back here. Oh, well, I was thirsty, you know. Oh, I'm still thirsty, actually. Uh, if you've got any, uh... Is there any ale around here? Well, I'll uh, call someone over. Do you want some salty snacks, too? Maybe some peanuts or crackers? Crackers, please! And she, uh, she snaps her fingers and brings a, uh, calls for a waiter. A small gnomish man runs over with a very nice, uh, vest and pants, almost valet style uh, with a plate full of every kind of cracker you could possibly imagine. I first fill every pocket I have with crackers and then I proceed to eat the crackers that are left. Okay. Uh, Why don't you make me a cracker roll? Oh! Is there such a (laughs) thing? Let's see how many crackers you can get up in your pockets. Nine. Uh, You get like a quarter of the tray in your pockets but they start to break a bit and you get worried so then you're just left Boris just takes Boris All just right. takes one cracker and puts it in his mouth and goes, chews it for a little bit and goes, mm, that's quite nice. Just crackers go. As the two of you get closer to the table, two of the other people that were sitting at this table, without any word, immediately stand up and walk away and give you a place to sit. Thanks. Thank you. 
they ignore you as they leave the room. Okay. They must, have, they must have seen your badge, Chirp. They must have been intimidated, huh? Intimidated by the badge. Uh, that must have been the thing. As the two of you sit down, basically as you make contact with these chairs, you notice that the sound in the room changes in such a way that actually everything just drops out other than the sound that the two of you are making and the sound that Maisel's making. And you notice that the people around you are still kind of talking with one another, but you can only hear what the three of you are saying or doing. Well, that's a little ominous. You get the impression that it, this is more a feature of the room, of these chairs that allow you to have private conversations while still sitting inches away from another person. Right. I'm a little nervous around magic. Uh, Boris, you're somewhat familiar with this. I'm less less nervous around magic at this point. <laughs> slightly. I mean, still slightly yeah, nervous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning together. <laughs> so, do the two of you have anything you want to ask, Maisel? Indeed. Uh, Maisel, why exactly have you called us here? What is this weird shit we're looking for? Well, now let's let's start with introductions. Oh, uh, well, who are you? Oh, I'm, I'm Maisel Fisk. Good point. Well, I'm Chirp from Chirp. The, the Beholder's Eye. You see the badge? Well, I hope you gave <laughs> your parents hell for that. Well, I don't have any parents, but that's okay. Boris just says, yeah, my name is Boris uh, Tooley. Boris Tooley. Boris and Chirp, and you work for Aldalot. Where is he? Not his kind of a joint, is it? Well, he never really comes along with us before. Hmm, that sounds about right. The two of you would know that Aldalar hired you guys so he wouldn't have to do stuff like this anymore. Well, <laughs> he, he did have a lot of things. books out in his office, he was so pretty open. he was kind of working on something in He there. was pretty open from the outset that largely we were cannon fodder for his master plans. <laughs> <laughs> and you're comfortable being that. But it pays quite well, and I need the credits, so... Mm. <laughs> well, so what did Aldar tell you to do? Um, I do believe he said, go to the Salty Sea Dog, um, meet Maisel, uh... Oh, look how well you're doing. I know, we're so far along in this task. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's really I'm sorry they killed me. <laughs> yeah, that's really <laughs> That was good. Uh, <clears throat> and, and then he said, after meeting Maisel, uh, you need to uh, try and find out about an object that he didn't fully understand that we have to procure that may or may not, most likely is, although we don't know how, booby, booby-trapped. <laughs> Mm. We didn't get a whole lot of I also believe you said that I need to take a barrel of this ale uh, back uh, to uh, the beholder's eye. Uh, <laughs> Man, sure. Barry's rubbing off on you. <laughs> Barry doesn't know this yet, but I am actually going to sell it to him. <laughs> Swifty's rubbing <laughs> off on you too. <laughs> oh, God. Learning every day. <laughs> So Adela wants the crate still. Well, I I have it. It hasn't been shipped away yet. But uh, I'm not going to give it to you just for free. We've just met. And she takes a sip of tea like I did. 
So would you say, uh, what would you say is a fair, what's a fair price, maybe five gold? It'll take a lot more than that. One hundred! Chirp, I'm not sure you know how to, uh, barter correctly. (laughs) One (laughs) hundred gold. You could have just said six gold. Well. Listen, you two seem well competent enough to at least follow two of three steps, so I've no interest in your your money. I, I have a task for you. Well, tell us why you called us here. My sister and partner in business, of all things, has been kidnapped. And Aldala volunteered, well, the two of you, apparently, to help me get her back. All right. That is something I can do. Um, we may be able to do that. I'd just like to know a little bit of the context. Absolutely. Well, she's, she's my twin, for God's sake, so you put it together what she looks like. That woman right out there. What's wrong with her? You, with your detective's intuition, would maybe assume that would be Maisel's double. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, people coming in looking for her, wanting to attack her, possibly. I get it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All the precautions necessary. Anyway, she's been kidnapped. And I believe it was someone named Tandy. Tandy and the Rowdy Boys, which are non-guild thieves. <laughs> Tandy and the Rowdy Boys. Tandy. That sounds like a pop group. And where <laughs> do you think they've taken her? Well, I would think Tandy's Curio Shop. That's where they house their H- headquarters anyway. Ah, oh, headquarters. How do you spell boys in this specific instance? <laughs> Is it with an S or a Z? B-O-I-Z, like any other time. Oh, there's an I in it. Now I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. I think shit just got serious. So, neither of you have ever heard of a Tandy and the Rowdy Boys. <laughs> uh, well, you they, do know of Tandy. Is it, a wrestling, is it a wrestling circuit in this? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, there should be. Uh, but you do know of Tandy's curio shop. You know that it is a place... Uh, kind of with a reputation for selling less than great magical items, usually magical items that destroy themselves or stop working in some way after a few months of use. So the two of you are going to get help Maisel get her sister back from Tandy and the Rowdy Boys. Let's go. Can we go? So that's the situation. I have what else Loud needs. I don't need it, but if you if you want something, you have to ask for it and have some follow through. Yeah, we're not very good at that. I'm sorry. Well, are you coming with us? Absolutely. I thought so. So, uh, where exactly are we going? Oh yeah, to this. Well, I'm going to follow through on this ale. Um, it's <laughs> no, no, I don't think we need any more ale, Boris. Let's go. So the three of you go to leave, and as the three of you are leaving, you notice that that double of Maisel comes out of the doors probably once you've gotten a good 70 to 80 feet down down the street. And it's, it's slowly, you know, following you guys. And Maisel, you would know that this is your double. Like you, you use this person yeah. to basically. It creeps me. She out looks a just lot. like me. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. So the double uh, is kind of just like trailing behind her, like 
Yeah. Some Westworld yeah. shit. Basically. So that way, if <laughs> if somebody was going to accost... Most people within the higher levels of the Thieves Guild and within most of the, the higher levels of the Dark Guilds, they... They tend to provide services like this for their higher members and people of stature. Yeah. Um, so this person is not necessarily somebody that she has hired herself, but that the guild is providing to help create a distraction if somebody was to try and hurt her. Can this... I'm just interested now. I'm just taking this completely off. Can this manifestation also go in different positions or is it always trailing it, it's not a it's a person it's a it's a oh, person oh i thought it was just like in the mind i thought it was an illusion that you were channeling that you were channeling i thought it was an illusion that mazel with her high oh, powers no, was channeling no no, no no this is like a oh, it's higher not person an, it's, oh I th- yeah it's another elf it's just I somebody it was who's an been illusion. made is there an illusion like on her. the elf is she actually with, a, is uh, it actually a clone no through no. costume and that's why i said she looks like a knockoff like a knockoff. All right. Like of it Maisel. says, like it's Maisel, but it just says made in. Cool. Made in. Made in that other side of town. Got on, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's with a Z. <laughs> made by gnomes. Yeah. Made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So she she's just kind of there to help run a distraction if anybody if you get accosted in the streets. She's not gonna help you with anything. Uh, but as the three of you make your way across town. You are coming close to Tandy's and you get to the marketplace section of this side of town and you see shops that offer quick medical cures, mostly potions. Uh, You see shops that offer cheap armor and weapons that look like they would probably break pretty quickly. Just because you're, I mean, you're adventurers, you know what good stuff looks like. Yeah, I'm not interested. And you come across Tandy's Curio Shop. It is a one and a half story building. The top story looks to be just shorter somehow, like only about six feet, maybe five to six feet. And as you enter into the shop, A little bell rings above the door, and standing behind the counter, you see a wood elf, and they wave, like, they see you come in immediately and wave to you and say, Oh, hello, what can I do for the three of you today? And as this person sees uh, Maisel, they're like, Oh, wait, what is this about? You brought her here. She's not welcome here. Maisel, you know you're not welcome here. I'll come wherever I want to come. You've taken something from me and I want it back. I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't taken anything from you. And this person just, they uh, turn away from the counter and turn their head away and say, I'm not going to serve any of the three of you. Please leave my shop. Well, we're here looking for information, and we're not leaving until we get it. I just wanted to meet the rowdy boys. 
How do you know about the Rowdy Boys? Well, sir? it's in the it, the clues in the name Tandy and the Rowdy Boys. So, <laughs> you've got your album right up on the wall. <laughs> We've never <laughs> <laughs> discography. <laughs> We've never gone by that before, but that's actually kind of brilliant. Wait, but that would admit having anything to do. I don't have anything to do with the Rowdy Boys. And as they say this, well, I'm you convinced. Hear... <laughs> that's exactly what somebody would say. Who did if, know the Rowdy Boys, that's true. Did to be fair, them, it's yes. also exactly what someone would say if they didn't know the Rowdy Boys. <laughs> well, as, well, as the two what do we deduce this, from this? Talking this out together. Uh, <laughs> you hear a door close in the back of the store, and stepping out from behind a curtain that kind of separates the back half of the store from the front half of the store, you see a very, very squat bugbear. His face is mostly shaven. He seems to be very civilized for a bugbear. He's actually wearing a small pair of spectacles that just kind of hang on his nose in a weird way. And he says, Ah, Maisel, you've come back. Tandy, I... I told you she'd come back. Uh, I, I don't remember your name. That's... That's... You've always been very insulting, Maisel. It's, I don't like it. You know that I'm Sculpt. Well, I do now. You know that I named myself and I'm very proud of that. That's very offensive. What's your name? Sculpt. Excuse me? Ugh. <sighs> It's skull with a T at the end. <laughs> Do you drop one of the L's? <laughs> Please don't. I made it up myself. It really hurts my feelings. I think it's pretty cool, actually. Okay, the three of you are going to need to leave. We just you know, got here. I'm not. No, sh- I'm no. kind of thinking maybe we should leave. Cause no, see. There seems to be a bugbear. If you don't leave. I would in someone else's shop. I'm going to have to get my brothers up here. And we're gonna have to make you leave. You understand? What? 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 What did I do? What instrument did you play, Sculpt? You're not welcome here. Anyone that comes in here with Maisel is not welcome here. Maisel's not welcome here. For Was sure. Were you the drummer, Sculpt? No, sir. Okay. <laughs> Both of you are really starting to piss me off. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get my brothers, and he walks behind the curtain, and Tandy looks at the two of you, and she says. You you better you better get out of here. Well, no, you can stay. I want to see how this goes. That's a wrap, people.